What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 62 of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is our Monday rundown. A little bit quicker this week because Sean had to get out and watch his Alabama Crimson Tide play at 8 o'clock today. So we jumped right in. We talked about the NBA. We talked about the Tom Thibodeau firing. We went around the league a little bit, and then we talked about the locals, of course. After that, we talked about some college basketball. I was excited for that one with St. John's finally making its way into the AP Top 25. Went around the rest of the Top 25, talked a little bit of UConn as well for Sean. Finally, we went into the MLB, so... There has been a few free agent signings that Sean and I went over, and we also broke uh, some news with an article coming out on SorrySports.com soon. So enjoy the game tonight. We'll be back on Wednesday with our normal NFL pod. Follow us on Twitter, SorrySports. Follow us on Instagram, Sorry underscore sports. Shoot us an email, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. I will be checking that as soon as I possibly can. And enjoy the pod, guys. Have a good night. All right, everybody. Welcome back. It's our Monday rundown here on the first Monday of 2019, the night of the national championship game, which means there's only one more week to talk college football. Tom, what's up, buddy? How was the weekend? What's going on, man? I expect this one to be quick out of you because 7:17 right now. Kickoff is at 8 o'clock. When does the when do you start berating me with how much of a fraud I am? Um, it really honestly depends. I've already done enough of that. Everybody knows you're a fraud. It depends on how heavily you celebrate this win truly well i i'm gonna do it as you've known me now for what this is going on three years i'm gonna celebrate it the same way i have the last couple times they've won which is they're my least favorite of all my favorite teams and they win a lot so i kind of i don't want to say i expect it but of course i'm i mean given the state of our other teams well being that it would be nice being that you've never stepped foot in the state of Alabama, <laughs> have you ever been to a live Alabama game? Nope, but I'd love to no. go. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure you'd love okay. to go. <laughs> that's okay. So, yeah, you're, either you're way, pretty much a fraud. Either way, I will be uh, rooting for the Tide we'll be tonight. be celebrating a little bit harder if the Giants for you, Jets for me, and so on and so Yankee forth. Yankee World the big, Series, of course. if UConn basketball got back. and But I do have one little thing to celebrate right now. We'll, we'll dive into them in a little bit, but we're going to lead off with the NBA tonight. My Nets are playing very well, but let's start around the league, Tom, because it's a little bit more exciting going on, and I wasn't sure how we were going to lead this podcast yesterday, and I was typing up the notes, and I look over, and I see Woj dropping a Twitter bomb, as always, and Tom Thibodeau is out in Minnesota following a pretty impressive win against the Lakers. I was surprised by the timing. Were you? Um, No and yes. I knew it was coming, but I didn't expect it to be this early. All I think for this when it comes to the Minnesota Timberwolves is that they went into a rebuild a little bit earlier than I expected. And I knew Tom Thibodeau was not going to be part of that, period. Do you think it had anything to do with the fact that he got back what he got back for Butler, knowing that that supposed trade with the Rockets was on the table for four first-rounders? I mean, that's a much more long-term deal. He probably knew he wasn't going to be around for that. It definitely has something to do with it, but who knows how how relevant or how true that offer was and how much of it was just being leaked Right. to put a little fire on his ass because four first-rounders is a lot, especially because another thing we can talk about is how Jimmy Butler doesn't seem to be working out as well with Philly as we thought with GMs already calling to ask for him. If he does this again, he's, he's honestly... I don't like to throw the word cancer in the locker room around often, but it's really starting to get to that point right now. But back to the Timberwolves, I'm not really surprised. He's not part of the rebuild. I think they're going to try to move Wiggins, although that contract is kind of an it's anchor be holding tough to him do. back. Same with Carl um, Anthony Towns. That's an un- unmovable deal. Towns, they're deal. not going to move. He's he's a top 10 player, and he's probably a top 3 talent in the NBA just based off age and marketability. But I'm only mentioning it to see if they want to just blow everything up. He's not an option to do that now. They wouldn't get rid of Towns. Wiggins would be the guy and a few other pieces there. I mean, Levine's already gone when they traded for Butler, which looks pretty bad because he's playing really well right now, But as well as Chris Dunn. Um, yeah, and Markkinen too. Well, of course. He Markkinen. was the draft pick. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, no, I'm not really surprised, honestly, if, that, if to answer your question. Just happened a little bit earlier than I think we all expected. I thought they were going to give him till at least the All-Star break. So my question to you now is where do they go with this? You're They're hearing Fred Hoiberg as gonna a listen legitimate to option. Well, when it comes to the team, they're going to open it up and listen to offers, and their GM is terrible. He's made some of the biggest head-scratching moves ever. I I don't know. Another they're guy. second worst in attendance this year. Second worst in attendance, and they're a bit, just a bad team. They don't mesh well together, and this GM's been around since like 2007. Taylor, right? Yeah, something yeah. like that, and, and he's 
it just doesn't make any sense to me how these GMs just have, I don't know if they cast a spell on the owner and they, they turn the coach against him, but well, I think one I, re- thing- I really don't understand how this guy still has a job. I mean, he passed up on Steph Curry twice. Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn. I don't know if you remember him out of Syracuse. Oh, I remember him well. Could have had a good career, but he got hurt. He's no Steph Curry, nor is Rubio. Um, and he's done a lot of silly moves ever since. I think the only thing he's got, the only notch in his belt, is a is a guy in Carl Anthony Towns that I think was a was a can't miss prospect. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to really criticize him for the Kevin Love trade. I mean, Kevin Love was a great player on a bad team, and you took a chance on the number one overall pick. Wiggins has been a good player in this league, but not anywhere where people believed he was going to be. Good. Yeah, he's been. Dare I say solid? Like can't he's, play, he's can't okay. play defense, and yeah. he's got two moves: a yep. dunk and a spin-around jumper that goes in a quarter of the time. The other thing too is looking at what the Wolves could possibly do. You're hearing Fred Hoiberg. I don't know if I like the sound of that name, but a trend that's certainly going on right now is I think it's fair to say because in this whole wave of like the Stan Van Gundys, Tom Thibodeaus, a couple other guys, They're recycling as well, a lot of guys. Well, this you know combo head of basketball operations, head coach, GM thing is clearly not worked out. No. Um, because even though they want to, you know, be in control of the personnel, they also have to coach that personnel. And it seems like it's a little much. It was for Van Gundy in Detroit. It is obviously had spelled the end for Thibodeau now in Minnesota. The only person who's sad to see Thibodeau go is Derek Rose, who's been playing out of his mind. Yeah, and he and he holds such a close tie to those former Chicago guys. I mean, you look up and down that roster, there really should not be that bad. I mean, Teague is a nice point guard. Rose has turned back the clock. He's an all-star this year. I mean, obviously, you've got Wiggins, who is probably more name than talent, I mean, but then you you've got Covington Carl Anthony Sarich, Towns. I mean, they Sarich should be, is hardly playing. They should be competing for a 7 or an 8 seed, I believe. But And they might sneak into the postseason. I mean, but either way... I think these two guys, the guys that they traded for are just trade chips. And I mean, listen, this team's going to blow it up. I just think it's a lot earlier than we expected. Well, if they blow it up in season, even though I do believe that they're still going to be looking to make a postseason push, especially with that talent around it, you're gonna you're you're gonna have a couple very valuable assets come come February seventh or eighth whenever the trade deadline is. Um, as far as possible replacements, Fred Hoiberg to me doesn't move the needle. He said he'd rather head coach. He didn't do much for me in Chicago. Um, I don't know why people would be clamoring to have him or let him pick a job. Where do you see the Wolves going if you were to make a guess? Uh, they also mentioned Flip Saunders' son, um, the late great. Uh, aside from that, I don't know. I mean, I've heard a little bit of Jason Kidd. Oh God, don't, I don't do know, that. But I love I love Kidd, but not as a coach. Don't no, do that. No, no. Maybe maybe head of basketball operations, Jay Kidd might be a little bit better. But honestly, I don't Didn't really he get know. That deal too in Milwaukee wasn't yeah. he part player? He pushed his way out of Brooklyn and then and then figured out a way to become a GM. Yeah, and, and coach. that didn't work out too well. No. Um, but I mean, it really looks like Hoiberg's going to get the job. I'm I'm shocked. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be given, you know, Taylor's pedigree or and, and reputation around the league and I say pedigree with sarcasm of course. Um I I don't really think that that's a good move, but if you're the Wolves, you don't really know anything else. I mean, that team has too much I look at them a lot like a Western Conference Wizards. That team has too much talent to be this bad. Um but I was surprised they moved on from Thibodeau this quick especially after a pretty impressive win against the Lakers. I know LeBron's still out and Rondo's still out, but that was an impressive win at home. But yeah. Kuzma was out as well, but yeah. I mean, it's still, you know, you're beating a brand, you're beating a playoff team at home regardless of who you're missing. So either way, um we're going to see what what unfolds there in Minnesota and if they do decide to trade prior to the deadline next month, they've got some assets that a lot of teams are going to clamor for. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we move on to the next thing, and that's James Harden just going off. James Harden's making a run for a second straight MVP. I put this playing in our, his team into the playoff I without CP three. I put this in our show notes, not just because I mean, it, you know, you say James Harden's phenomenal. I mean, that's like you know the most obvious statement that you could make in terms of analyzing the NBA. But I wanted to talk about this with you about Chris Paul. Now I have always claim that Chris Paul is overrated. Statistically, he's up there as a top, all-time point guard. To me, he doesn't crack my top 10 because it seems like teams are better without him. And he doesn't deliver in big moments whether he gets hurt or he shows up, he doesn't show up, you know, when the when crunch time comes. Even you saw in the Clippers when he would get hurt, they'd go on a little bit of a run hey, with Blake. It, all I can look at is game 7 first round 2017 Utah at Los Angeles Clippers and he scores 7 points. 
Yeah, that's so, that's and, not a good and, look. And and the Rockets have had their issues really trying to work out the kinks of a uh, of a disappointing, you know, relinquished uh, lead last year in the postseason against the Warriors, and they seem to be clicking on all cylinders while James Harden is hand, handling that team. Um, he's making a run in his second straight MVP. Do you think that Paul? They're a better team without Paul, or is that hard? Too hard to say for you. Too hard to say. I think at this moment it looks like it, but I mean, Chris Paul is not the same Chris Paul we saw four years ago either. And this guy needs to be. He was, and but he was still a top ten player in the NBA, even with all the overratings. But still, I think that they're playing great right now. They're playing a different brand of basketball. They're moving the ball around a lot more through Harden. And the thing that I really think is the most important is the pick and roll with Clint Capella. They've really they've really brought him out as well, which they didn't really have before that, although you would think it would be better with a guy like the point god, as they say. Yeah. Chris Paul. But um listen, I think there's they're gonna have some moves to be made and they need another shooter and they need another three and D type guy. I tell you, a guy who makes a lot of sense for them, but I don't know if they're gonna move him, is Demar Carroll. That guy would fit perfectly on that team. He yep. can shoot the three. He plays really good perimeter what defense. What would you get for him, though? Is but I think that's the problem is I don't know what you would get. I think one guy— Second rounder and an expiring, maybe. If I were, If I'm the Nets, I would like to move Alan Crabb, but the Rockets don't have any money. Yeah. So they and can't, they can't absorb a contract, contract like that. Yeah. So I don't know where they're going to go. Um, there is a guy that might be coming approaching a buyout. I was going to wait till we talked about our locals to get into him, but I think this point is actually more prevalent— Chandler Parsons for one of our teams? No, 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 for the for the Houston Rockets. From in if, Met, if they buy it, it's going to buy him out. There's a discussion right now that they're in talks for a buyout. What was reported? He could go that back to the Rockets and knock down a couple threes. And he's a long guy. I don't know if he's still got the same step defensively, but if they're strapped for cap so, space, though, he might be your best bet. And if you even be get honest, a couple games out of him, that I, might be your good chance. I don't even know, man. I haven't seen him play in so long. It's been a long time. That'd be tough, but I mean, again, you sign him to the league minimum. Just take a chance on him. Know. Exactly, you can cut him in ten days. So yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see where the Rockets go. But just James Harden is—he's ridiculous. Like he's honestly, if the if the Rockets start, not a fun brand of basketball to watch, but hey, it, it definitely gets the job done. Yeah, and Daryl Morey, please stop saying that he might be the best offensive player of all time. <laughs> Did you hear him say that? The GM? No. He he came out and said he's like after Harden had that game. Uh, again, the the three pointer against Golden State to win it. I'll tell you what, he's up there for sure. Well, I mean, you, you know, you're looking at. I mean, Will Chamberlain averaged 50 points a game. Not at to one mention point. it's a different league. I yeah. mean, if there was hand checking and whatnot back, if he played in Jordan's era, he I was going to say if Jordan guy. played in this era, I think Jordan averages 45. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, mean, I, I completely agree with you. But I mean, re- what he's done, regardless, with that he's fantastic. Travel every single play that he's figured out how to do that and. The hezzies that he has and the dribbles, I mean, the guy's incredible. He really is. And he always he, makes the right decision, it seems like, too. He's a lot and of fun he's to watch. A, he's an auto, you see him on the free throw line more than any other player. He's just got a knack for drawing contact. Yeah, he does. He draws contact better than anybody in the league. But the thing is, he's not like Chris Paul or Kemba Walker or any of these little guys. He's a big, strong guy, so he can get banged up and be fine. Yep, absolutely. Where you see a guy like Chris Paul or Kemba or any of these other little guys, or Allen Iverson back in the day, they'll break him, down, you know, sure. and they'll need a couple of days off after that. But you see a guy like Kobe getting in the line all the time, or these stronger guys like Harden, they can do that all year. He's averaging like ten to twelve free throws a game, which is incredible because that's like probably eleven automatic points for the guy. He's probably shooting ninety percent from the line. So, but yeah, I mean, the guy's great. It's just the team's not not as good as they were last year, and they did, their defensive efficiency ratings are down across the board. That obviously has something to do with Trevor Ariza and Mba Mutai. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm very interested to see if this is just the start of a real deep push because we we believed back in November and hey, December when they, they were struggling. maybe they go get Trevor Ariza. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't believe Washington's going to hold on to him. Um, moving on down the line, what did you take away from Kawhi's return to San Antonio? DeMar DeRozan came to play, and Kawhi seemed a little rattled for a robot. That's all I really had to say about that. Kyle Lowry played pretty well, but... Kyle Lowry didn't play. He didn't play? No, he was on street clothes. Oh, Van Vliet. I'm sorry, Van Van Vliet Vliet played really well. But, um, I mean, that game, I don't take too much away from it aside from the return just because... The Spurs looked like they were ready to play that night, and the Raptors came out flat. Yep, and and I, I do wonder if Kawhi is... I, I don't. Th- I I really thought that there was a legitimate chance he was going to stay in Toronto, and he still might. I still think it's Clippers one, Toronto two. But I have my doubts because he's still not playing back to backs. He's still taking rest, and at this point in the season, 
it's not like they're head and shoulders one seed. You know, yeah. he's not playing back to backs, and it I seems like Bucks he's kind of one seed right now. Despite so how good he is, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. We talked about LeBron being on autopilot early in the season. I think Kawhi's been on autopilot all year. He's just been so great that it hasn't necessarily showed up. But yeah, and that team's played above what we thought they were going to be with that new head coach from the D League and yeah, everything Nick Nurse as is well. A good so. coach. He has those but, guys playing hard. I mean, listen. And the other thing about Kawhi, and I think it really showed in that Spurs game. Just to look a little further down the line, maybe he doesn't want to be the main guy. Maybe he'll go to the Lakers for that reason. Could be. Could be. I always thought it was going to be the Clippers, but it might be. Maybe he doesn't want his own team. I mean, you have to think about these things. He's from California, and if he doesn't want to be the main guy, there's a guy in L.A. right now that plays for the Lakers. It's definitely going to take the spotlight off of him. I think so. I think so. And, I, boy, what a tandem that would be. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I took away from that game, too. You know, That's like fa- Jordan Pippen on perimeter defense. That's insane. It, it, would, be, it would be nuts. The summer's going to be so fun, man. But yeah. um, moving on down to finish up the NBA, talk about our locals. Um, how about my Nets? 13-3 and three in their last 16. Now, I'm not going to get Dudley called that locker room <laughs> meeting, right? They're 21-22. and 22. They're playing at Boston tonight, second half of back-to-back. Both Carroll and um, Harris are out with minor injuries. It's probably more because it's a back-to-back. Um, they dispensed of uh, Chicago last night. I don't know what it means. Right now, they're the seventh seed in the East. Just enjoy it. But I'm enjoying it. I, I don't know how long this is sustainable for. I, you know, Levert, you're still missing your best player. They still have a giant gap uh, in that small forward, power forward role with Hollis Jefferson missing some games and whatnot. They're very thin. But I tell you what, freaking Sean Marks deserves something for taking Kurox in the second round out of, I believe he was playing in Spain. Now, this is a guy who people thought was going to be a first-rounder the year before, and he decided to stay overseas. And he kind of fell out of love with his team over in in the Spanish league, kind of holding his contract, not playing him a whole lot, and he fell off of the radar of a lot of GMs. Nets used a second-round pick on him. Their first-round pick, Musa, has hardly played, and now he's hurt in the, in the, D, in the G League. But Kurox has really lit a fire into this team, and he's taking advantage of Alan Crabb being out, and he's starting now. And the and his like net efficiency is like plus three, plus like three point two. Like he's really helped this team. Plus athletic, anything for a second round pick rookie year is amazing. athletic, defensively really really strong, and they play with a different energy when he's on the floor than Maybe Alan. They Crabb. found themselves a good role player. I mean, on a playoff team, he's probably the. Tenth man. Well, off I'll the tell bench, you what. The Nets. But, I know it wasn't Marks that found him, but uh, you watch Bojan Bogdanovic in Indiana. I mean, he is a very good, very good player. Yeah. And you know, it just wasn't the right timeline when he was on the Nets because the Nets were so bad. But I tell you, if you put him on this team, I mean, that's another European guy the Nets had that and found overseas it turned into a really solid NBA player I'm not going to make a proclamation that Kurox is going to be an all-star or anything but you know when you watch these local teams and you know a lot of people still across the league are not going to give respect to the Brooklyn Nets because unlike teams like the Sacramento Kings and I don't blame them for it you know they don't have that lottery pick that you were clamoring to see yeah you know they have Levert who's been out you have Dinwiddie who I still don't think a lot of people in the league really pay attention to you have D'Angelo Russell who was a former lottery pick but I still think there's some kind of black mark on him across the periphery of yeah. the way people talk about the league if you're not from around here you still see him as the guy who took a video of Nick Young in the locker room exactly so it, it's it, but I gotta I gotta say I love the way this team plays uh Dudley has been the veteran presence that they've really needed Carroll since he's come back he he won the game against Memphis the other night um that was a game that in November and and even early December they were losing, and they found a way to grit and grind out some of these wins. So I'm not going to get too excited, but 13 and three in the last really month, they got a tough stretch coming up. They're at Boston tonight. They're home against Atlanta Wednesday, which should be a win. But then they're at Toronto, and then home versus Boston before going out to Houston and Orlando. So we're going to see what they end up doing, but. That, as of right now, they might be buyers. And I look at them in the market for Chandler Parsons. My buddy texted me about it and was like, hey, would you take a chance on him? And the way that, you know, Hollis Jefferson's been kind of banged up and Carroll, how much can you trust him? Levert's and out, obviously. Levert's out still for a while. I haven't heard any update on him. 
I would absolutely take a chance, even if he can give you a couple games. You yeah. know, take a chance. It's the league minimum. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? He's going to get his money from the Grizzlies, and it is what it is. Uh, moving on to the Knicks. Um, same old, same old with them. They're losing close games. They are staying in games, which I'm really happy about. And the hugest bright spot, biggest bright spot on this team You're is obviously correctly. they are properly tanking, which is exactly what I want. It's too early. Well, you in the have season. ten wins right now. Yes, yeah, so, nine or ten, something like that. Exactly where I want to be, but you're not losing games by 30 too often, or, or 20. And the biggest thing on this team is Kevin Knox, rookie of the month. Man, he's really been playing well. So I mean, I'm happy Seeing across a lottery the board. Pick work out. It seems like absolutely, and I think he's only going to get better as that kind of two-way player. He can handle the ball and shoot it. He's been playing out of his mind. Nilakina continues to flounder, but listen, it is what it is. What are you taking heard- away from Moody eh, and Burke? Moody and Burke, Burke's really taken a step back this year. Last year he got he got he was hot, but I mean there was a reason why the guy was in the G League for a while and then came back up and then was in the G League for a while. And Moody again, a guy that I think they can either hold on to or he'll be a really nice trade chip, maybe get a second rounder, two second rounders or a first out of him. So dude, you're a month away from the trade deadline. You've still got Cantor, who's a liability in the fourth Drawing quarter. Interest. But uh, and then you've got Hardaway, who's playing phenomenal. Now, he's on a horrible team, and he's still the main option until Knox starts to establish yeah. himself as the guy and before that's Porzingis a guy that comes can knock back. Down a shot. Do they and trade him? I think they do, and that's a guy that can knock down a shot. And you could tell me, oh, he's only shooting this from three. Listen, he is the guy who, at, with three seconds left on the shot clock, he's got the ball in his hands, and he's got to make a play. A lot of those threes are just chuck-ups at the end where he's trying to do something. Well, he's the guy. He right? translates on another team as a 35-38% to 38% three-point shooter, maybe up in the 40s. He can also create his own shot as a third or fourth option. I think he'd be a great player to have. I think a team like the Dallas Mavericks or the Utah Jazz would be stupid to not take a chance Get or take back a look West at him. Matthews. West Matthews contract. expiring in a second round pick or or even if you just do a swap for the Knicks to get off that money, more money to throw at guys a la Kevin Durant next year. I think that would be a great move for the New York Knicks and it would also be a good move for whoever trades for him. It's not like this guy's a scrub. He's really improved as a player. He's a really good player and I think the other thing that you kind of touched upon when you were talking about him shooting threes is, you know, if you whoever gets him, he's used to playing in crunch time and on top of that, used to having the ball in his hand in crunch time because he's been the main option for the Knicks. He's hit a lot so, of big shots yeah, as well. Yeah, he has. I, I can think of that. I think it was like the second game of the year or third game of the year he was going toe-to-toe with Levert in a game the Nets won at the buzzer. But, I mean, he was hitting just matching shot for shot, and he's yeah. done that a lot this year. And Absolutely. I think that's something that's very valuable, especially to a team that needs a guy who's not afraid to have the ball in his hand. He shouldn't be the main guy, be but if he's on the floor, Six, in the last minute, that's not going to hurt you. Yeah, he'll play in crunch time on basically any team aside from probably the Warriors and, and maybe another another top-end team. Another guy you look at is Cantor. I mean, this guy's a walking double-double, and he's a fighter too. He'll, he does, he'll go to toe-to-toe with anybody. He doesn't oh, give a shit. Time. I mean, he doesn't want to go to that London game. Don't blame him. Do not blame him at all. The Turkish government can get there pretty easily, So, and they are after him. <laughs> but um, aside from that, I mean, I think that he's another guy that you want on your team. The guy's a dog, and he's a walking double-double. Why would you not want him yeah, on your you team? Yeah, you want him on your team. You he's just, just do a not... bonus-like player. Yeah, and you just, but you just don't want him in the fourth quarter because defensively he's so bad. No, but he's a guy that can come in for your second unit, and, and you can run the offense through him. He's a good passer out of the post. Yep. He can really rebound, and he's a really good interior player. Does... And he can knock down the mid-range shot. He can. I mean, it just depends on what kind of team he goes to. And I think when you're when teams are looking to trade for him, you know, on the surface he's a guy that's very coveted it should be very coveted but because he plays more of a slower tempo kind of game you know he's even voiced his displeasure as how the offense is run sometimes because it's not that traditional bang and and knock people around and score and create your shot down low in the post which is what he's you know best at um so you know high up tempo teams you know he might not be your best bet but there are plenty of teams that need that toughness need that you know combative attitude as you said, he's not afraid of anybody. I'd like him on my team uh, any day, uh, as long as he knows his role and, and understands where he's valuable. I think valuable. he does as well. I don't think he's going to be the type of guy where he's pissed because he's not getting the right amount of minutes. He's never been a superstar in the league. I no. mean, coming up with Utah, he was a highly regarded player out of Kentucky, although he didn't play there, but he did go there. Aside from that, I think he'd be a great guy to have on the Lakers or something like that as a guy who can give you 
17 good minutes off the bench. He can get you a double-double in 17 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's six hard fouls right there, too. Yep. No, I think that would be a great... I think any team, as long as the Knicks can move those deals and get off of that money, it's the best thing that you they can, can possibly can I mean, I've heard... I, I read online and heard on a couple podcasts say... Dennis Smith for Dennis Smith and an and West uh, West Matthews. Matthews for uh, Nilakina and a and a um, Tim Hardaway Jr. Heartbeat. Oh, I would do absolutely. that in an absolute heartbeat. Absolutely, because I, I don't think oh, Dennis man. Smith and and uh, Luca can play together. No, not at all. Dennis Smith used to have the ball in his hands, and that's another lottery pick that you're gonna that you need to take a and, shot on. And you know what? If he works out any way, if this trade, if this hypothetical trade actually happens, and he works out in any way for the Knicks, like what D'Angelo Russell has worked out for the Nets, you pull that trigger. Take that now. ten out of ten times. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And he would mesh really well in the pick and roll with Porzingis and Knox has proven that he can play. Lay off the ball, and I think that'd be really attractive to a wing uh, free agent. I like Kevin Durant. Yes, I was dancing around the the player that I want. Well, you already but... mentioned his name before, so I think it's I think it's okay to dream. I mean, <laughs> why not, right? Absolutely. So let's move on to another team in New York, and this is a college basketball team. Nice segue. And I was a little upset. I think the last time we spoke about them was St. John's um, having twelve plus point leads against. Um, who was the team? Their name deceives Seton Hall. But listen, they come back and they beat Marquette 89-69. to Shamori Pons had a massive game in that one. Mustafa, Justin Simeon, all these guys all had really big games. And you know what? An 89-69 to game, that's big time. That really is big time. And then you come back out and you go into Georgetown. And it was a crunch time game. Again, Shamori Pons had a huge game. Marvin Clark had a big game this time. And you go in and you win an OT. I love that as well. Hey, you have a classic Big East rival, especially with the two coaches in Mullen and uh, and Ewing. I tell you what, man. You have to be ecstatic with the way that they're playing and the way they've been. Oh, they're dogs obviously, on defense. Mullen, they're undersized, but I love it. Obviously, Mullen had an idea and he's been executing that with the guys he's recruited and the way that they've developed. And they have that toughness that I was watching the, the you know, halfway into the second half and all of overtime on Saturday. And that was just such fun basketball. Both coaches into it, both teams into it. The, you know, the hatred from the Georgetown crowd at St. John's. I mean, this was an old-fashioned Big East, you know, knockdown dragout. You've got to love the way your Johnnies have been playing. Absolutely. They're and they so find their fun. way. They are number 24th in the AP they poll. Moved up. I think that, found I their think way that 20-point win at Marquette or against Marquette helped. And being 14-1 and one as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, oh, big time. I mean, listen, they're they're right now. I mean, we've seen Villanova. I still think Villanova is the cream of the crop in that conference, but they've had their slip ups early. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to play St. John's. I mean, remember St. John's beat Duke last year and Villanova and the, within Villanova. the same week. That was so the only thing they had going for them. So last that year. so having a little bit of that knowledge I mean, of how Pons to win beat them both because that guy is a it's stud. It's okay. It's okay because now you know what the other guys can can help him out. Now they don't have to put the entire team on his back. But we've seen this happen, man. A, a, a top tier guard who's a veteran and can have guys jump on his back and feel good that he's the man. We saw that at UConn twice with Kemba and Shabazz. You're seeing it right now over in Queens. I mean, this is Karnasek Arena and the Garden's going to be on fire with some of these matchups that St. Oh, John's yeah. going to have this conference play. I'm going to have to get down there for at least one of those games. So, yeah, I, I'm really excited about St. John's. It's nice to have some relevance in New York sports for a little bit. It is. And just for me, UConn sucks. But – Hurley, I still think, is the right guy for the job. The team plays with a lot more heart than they have in the last few years. They're just not very talented. It's very obvious. You know, losing at South Florida, losing at home to Central Florida, they just don't have a lot of talent. They don't have anybody. You know, Jalen Adams is not the guy in crunch time. He he never evolved into that player. He does catch fire sometimes, but that team has a lot of work to do and I'm very excited to see what Hurley what kind of imprint Hurley puts yeah, on that he's program. Yeah, he's got to get in there and start recruiting. Yeah, but they're they're hard to watch. They're bad. They're really <laughs> hard to watch. So hey, I've been there for sure. Yeah, so but anyway, what else caught your eye with the top 4 remain the same this week? Um, with Michigan, Duke, State, Michigan, Tennessee, game, and Virginia. Game, Michigan State, Ohio State, I watched a bit of that game. That game was a classic game that looked like Ohio State was going to win it. 
Michigan State figured out a way to win. Okay. I mean, on the road, they win. They win somewhat of a close game. That's by, a good win. By nine points. That's so. a good win. I mean, listen, if you put up 86, that's a good offense in college basketball, and and you beat a 14th ranked Ohio State team at home. I mean, and I don't really expect much from this Michigan State team this year, but to continue it on and keep yourself at number eight, that doesn't look too bad. And then your Alabama Crimson Tide beat number 13 Kentucky. Kentucky's down this year, man. Kentucky is down. They were ranked 13th, but they have not been that inspiring this year. I mean, they I moved still down to 18th. They always do get better come come tournament time. That's Cal Perry always has them playing their best heading into March and heading into the SEC tournament. We'll see if he can keep that trend going. But right now, they have flaws. Yeah, and Kansas moves down to seven following that Got game. Waxed. Um, getting killed by 17 to Iowa State. Didn't get to put in a phone call to Will on this one, but... That's okay. He's still celebrating his I'm Cowboys. sure he's riding high. I got an immediate FaceTime from him. Disgusting. Declined it. Wanted to give it a little bit of time for him to cool off. Um, but, yeah, they're moving down to number seven, but I'm sure Kansas is still going to win the Big 12 and be there by the end of the year. Oh, yeah. Biggest game, though. They are not undefeated in their conference, and that is yeah, Nevada. Yeah, this was a shocker. Former number six Nevada gets blown out by New Mexico, eighty-five to fifty-eight. What do you take away from this game? Well, I certainly take away. They're down to number ten, by the way, and they should have fallen by a lot more. I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think they were just. I think if Michigan State had lost, they they would have gone down a little bit more. But listen, what I take away from this is. It's tournament. It's conference play now, man, and, and you're going to sneak up on these teams. You know, Nevada, we said, well, they've won a couple of good out-of-conference games early, and they're going to run right through this conference, and boy, did we under overestimate that. I mean, they're not – I still think they're they're fantastic, and they're, they're going to be a very deep team heading into the NCAA tournament, but – this, this might have put them on notice. This actually might be the best thing for them. Get blown out in your second conference game. Get I believe it was on the road. So let everybody know we're not invincible. We got a lot of work to do if we want to play with the big boys. And, and kudos to New Mexico. That team is always the Lobos, I believe. They're always a tournament. Lobos, yeah. Yeah, they're always a tournament team. Or they're on the fringe anyway. So, I mean, they definitely have talent out there. What I take away is... Quick on notice blowout for a team that was probably feeling themselves a little bit. Now you get back on track and 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 start building again. It's the first week of January. Yeah, absolutely. They're still going to be an attorney and they're going to be a top four seed. I'm not too worried about that. No, me neither. Uh, they probably won't lose another. Certainly game caught your eye on the scoreboard the though. No, absolutely. That's a blowout. But you know what? Sometimes that's better off than losing a close game. Just get it out of your system. Yeah, I mean that was probably the worst they're going to play all year. Absolutely. So let's move on to some MLB. We're going through this one quick. I need to get Sean to that Alabama game coming up at 8 o'clock. You got some money on that on one On ESPN 1, 2, 3, <laughs> 8, the Ocho, ABC. You name every fucking channel. It's going to be on broadcast in every language, too. Um, but, yeah, I have a little capital riding on that game as well. So we'll talk about some Major League Baseball. Sean might have been a little sad to see this one, but we'll talk about the one that he's happy with after that. David Robertson. Signs with the Philadelphia Phillies. Two years, $23 million team option for the third year. What do you think about that one? You know, I kind of had a feeling that they weren't going to retain him because there were it's no... So steep for the Yankees, in my opinion. There were no ties to him, which I thought was weird. You know, this is the second time they've let him walk in free agency, and they obviously liked him enough to trade for him. I don't know what was going on in the clubhouse. It seemed like there was a little issue. He He always has loved to close. And I think, you know, when the Yankees traded for him from Chicago, he just wanted to win again because the White Sox were so bad and he was happy to do anything, you know, especially case in point, that three and a third inning performance in the 2017 wildcard game. And he did a lot of that again this year. But I think he wants to close. The Phillies are a good enough team where, you know, they're going to be in contention. We certainly believe it. Yeah. And then uh, as their work is most certainly not done and... I think that this is a good move for him. He said he wanted to stay in the East two years, $23 million with a vesting option for a third year. Um, I, I like that move for, for the Phillies and for Robertson. I was sad to see him go. You know, there's something to be said. You know, you, it's so cliche, but when you know how to pitch well in New York and win in New York and come up big in New York in the, on, the bright, on the big stage in the bright lights, you always like to have that. And he was a homegrown Yankee. I know he had his tour in Chicago, but I always had a feeling that once they brought him back, he was going to stay back. Me too. But it, there were no ties. I mean, we've heard them mention to Britain, who they did eventually sign. I know you want to segue to that. And they've been rumored for Ottavino as well, but they were never really 
connected to Robertson after the season. Yeah, no, and listen, he's past his prime, and I was still fine a very with good it. pitcher, though. No, still absolutely, a very good. Pitcher. I think for that amount, you'd rather go out and do the signing that you did do. And if you want to close, you can't fault him because he wasn't going to close with the Yankees. Hell no, he's probably going to be the seventh inning guy. But again, let's segue into a better, younger pitcher, in my opinion, and that is Zach Britton. The Yankees re-sign Zach Britton, who hopefully will be even better this year with a full season to recover from that full off season to recover from that Achilles injury. Three years, thirty nine million with a mutual option in twenty twenty two. Yeah, they're they're starting to do this interesting deal now. This is a Scott Boris client and uh he's worked it a couple of times already and I think he's really gonna try to make it happen with Machado or Harper is kind of this deal where, you know, the team can pick up your option but they're going to have to commit to it a year ahead of time, and then the pitcher can also can leave the year before. So if it's a three-year deal, the Yankees can pick up that fourth year after the second year. But if but if Britain wants to leave after the second year, he can do that. So I that's think fine. that's a good move for both parties as we start to see this tilt. Um, we're going to have a conversation at the end of du- discussing all the moves about this. Um Right, starting to see this tilt now between GMs and agents. Going to the Zach Britton part, though, I want to get your tank on it as well. I thought this was a great move for the Yankees. This was something that had to have been done. I Is mean, this the win that you were hinting at earlier? This extra win that you said you had? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This I is mean, it? This, okay. this, to me, this is a huge deal for me. Because he is younger than Robertson, I don't. He was he had flashes of brilliance, especially the more he pitched with the Yanks. But you could see he just never really had recovered and felt strong off that Achilles. He was throwing the ball really hard. He was his strikeout numbers were good, but his his control was erratic, and and he just you could tell never felt comfortable pushing off that ankle. So having you know gotten reacclimated. And then having an off season to continue to work on it, I think he's going to be. We're going to see the maybe not the Zach Britton of 2016 because that historically was the best re- relief year of all time. But we're going to see a very good Zach Britton, and you put him in this bullpen with Batances and Chapman and Green. They're rumored to still be on Onovino too, which if they could do that, this is the nastiest bullpen of all time. I like it a lot. The other thing too, before I get your your opinion, what I really liked about what the Yankees did with Happ in Britain was they gave up a decent amount to get those guys in July. And obviously you always pull that trigger because you think it's going to help you, but the Yankees gave up Dylan Tate and a couple other nice little arms there to Baltimore, and they traded Brandon Drury and Billy McKinney to Toronto for Happ. So the fact that they were able to retain both of those guys on pretty team-friendly deals, Happ was for two with the option for the third, and, and Britain was three with the option for the fourth, I thought that was a really good move by Cashman because now those guys aren't just rentals. And no matter what those other guys do for the Orioles and Blue Jays, you can't just say, oh, the Yankees gave up on them because they were able to retain a very valuable commodity in the rotation and potentially a dominant arm out of the pen. Yeah, that's definitely good for the mental side of it and the fact that the fans can justify it. I think more from a from a baseball standpoint, this is just huge for me because he you didn't see the best of Zach Britton last year. And him healthy in the seventh inning, is going to be nasty, and he can spell Chapman if he has another DL stint closing, or he can spell Batansis or anybody else. And another guy that we don't bring up is, and I know you said he was all but dead, but I think Tommy Canley's going to have a came, have a comeback. I uh, listen. He has if he can get just his velocity back up, he, he he could be. But he's a he's a guy that you don't want to count on. But if you get anything out of him, if oh my god! If you can get him as a guy where you know Severino's throwing a shutout, but he's at 110 pitches in five innings, which we've seen before, and you can put in a Tommy Canley just to blow three guys away before you can get the bridge to Green and whatnot. That's a weapon. And to your point, too, is, you know, if Chapman does go on the DL or any of these guys go on the DL, it just makes your bullpen that much more formidable. Um, if Canley can get back to 2017, oh, my God, this bullpen's ridiculous, and they're still in on Ottavino, which is crazy. But knowing Cashman, I mean, we've seen this trend ever since, he, ever since he picked up Chapman. It has been, you know, dominate the bullpen and in late innings and have it as flexible as possible. Um, which I do love. So I think it's a really good move. This All around, the move that needed to be made was pick up one of these guys. I think the Yankees spent a little more but got the much better pitcher at this time. And I totally think it was agree. totally worth it. Totally agree. Uh, let's move on to the next move. This one's a lot less notable right now. If you got him back in 2011, it, even though Jeter was still playing, I, it would have been a crazy 2014, move. I would have taken him. When the 
Jay's got him. I thought that was a perfect, that would have been so perfect because he was arguably a top five shortstop at the time. I definitely agree with you as far as less notable, but as the week has progressed, it may not be. So I don't know if you've been hearing all, Cashman did a uh, conference call on Friday and he said he signed Tulo to be the starting shortstop, period. Now, I don't know if he's really just trying to play hardball with Machado. Uh, he did say that he contacted Machado's agent and, and Machado personally and saying that, hey, we're going to sign Tulo. It's not taking us away from from pursuing you, but we're going to let you know that. I think their mentality all along was for him to be a third baseman, so this might expedite the process if they sign him. And as far as Tulo, people said his workout was great. Now, I wasn't too excited about it when it first happened. To me, this was just, okay, he's going to maybe play a little short. He's an insurance policy if they don't sign Machado, and maybe you make him a utility guy. It sounds like they really believe, and there's been scouts across the league that said, listen, this guy's going to be really good if he can be healthy. He's played 66 games in two years. I don't actually know. Both heel surgeries, too, which is what Cespedes is currently going through with the Mets. I think it was totally worth it if it's used in the right way. But if I swear to God, if this is their plan to say he, you're counting on him, this reeks a lot to me, even though I'm kind of excited. I don't think it's as much as the name. I think I'm excited because I'm still holding on to the fact they're going to sign Manny. But this reminds me a lot of a Kevin Euclid, a Travis Hafner, a Brian Roberts, those guys that came in after being hurt for a while. Don't say this shit to me, That Sean. came in. And had, much. and had a month or two that were really good, and then their bodies broke down. I mean, this guy hasn't played. He, all indications was he was super athletic in his workout. His bat speed was good, and a lot of people think he's going to be a good player. He chose the Yankees. He could have gone to a couple of other teams where he was guaranteed to play short and never have to worry about his job. Didi's coming back, too. So, at some point. It was very interesting. I, I mean, I do believe that they're still coveting Machado, but... I don't know if he's playing hardball or what, but what'd you take away from the signing and then secondarily the implications it might have? I thought from a pure signing standpoint, everything else beside, I thought it was interesting because listen, you sign the guy to a league minimum. If he gets hurt or if you don't like him, cut him in spring training. It is what it is. Cut him loose. I don't think it impacts a Machado thing. I think that's all Brian Cashman playing hardball. I mean, come on, Manny Machado's a transcendent player. At one point, Troy Tulowitzki was a transcendent player, but his body broke down on him. I think that this doesn't have any impact on Machado at all, and Cashman's just being himself and playing a little bit of hardball. And he probably told, um, who's his, who's his, um, who's his agent, Boris? Oh no, uh, Lozano. He probably told Lozano and Machado, "I'm going to say this, and he, I'm going to play hardball as well." Yeah, I mean, he, they definitely said they've talked multiple times and, and were aware that they were signing Tulo, and they also told Tulo that they were still, you know, going after after Manny. So here's the way I see it: if Manny was going to sign with any other team, he would have already done it. Yeah, this is so weird. So, have you said everything you want on Tulo? Sure. That's okay. a good signing. I like it if the guy's athletic enough. He can play first base, he can play third base, and he can play shortstop. I don't think he can play it for 140 games, though. Yeah, and you know what I think the Yankees thinking is, is whether they sign Machado or not, just get us to July. Just get us to early August. Well, you, you know, don't know how healthy Didi's going to be coming off of Tommy John surgery. Right, and maybe position they, players, maybe it's they say he 50-50. needs to, And it's his throwing arm. Remember, Glaber Torres came back quick, but that was his non-throwing arm. Yep. So, all right. So this is something I want to talk about, and just I haven't told you yet. I'm going to be writing an article that's going to go up on Sorry Sports about this very topic, but that'll be much more in-depth. But I want to talk to you about it right now. This free agency You wrote another issue, article that never went up because the website's a little down lately. It'll I'll get put up, that one up, up to it I've at some point. I didn't inbox. say it's coming up tomorrow. It's in my inbox. I didn't say it's coming up tomorrow. All right, I said good. it's coming up. Okay. Um, it's going to be relevant whenever it does. We'll put it that way because right. this is an issue that's going to be going on until collective too. bargaining agreement is up with Major League Baseball. And we are at a standstill in a very uncomfortable position right now. We're seeing guys that were highlighted, marked, and put up in everybody's minds three, four years ago that when the free agency period of 2018, 2019 was up, we're going to see watershed contracts that will never be touched or have never been seen and I don't know what the issue is I think we have smarter GMs I think we have more money savvy owners and I think we have a serious issue with tanking 
which is severely diluting how many teams are willing to pursue, you said transcendent, I'm saying all-time talents in Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. This is a major issue. These guys should not have trouble signing. Now, I don't know if Machado, you know, you're hearing different rumors every day. Oh, the White Sox made their formal offer. It was 10 years. No, he would never offer. We would never offer 10 years. We're offering seven. Maybe they give the most. Maybe the Phillies who say we're never going to be outbid say they're going to spend the most money. Now they have a reported meeting with Harper on Saturday in, in Las Vegas. Then you have the Yankees, the more money-savvy, more penny-pinching Yankees. I'm not saying that in a negative way. Obviously, they've developed homegrown talent and developed players as well as any team in Major League Baseball. But if this was 2013, 2014, should even 2015, these guys would have signed in November or December at the winter meetings. The fact that we're into the new year and they don't have deals yet and a lot of other really, really good players. Now, I don't know if they're waiting on the market for either of these guys to go or if the deals just aren't out there. But something's going to happen. We kind of saw the tension last year when a Jake Arrieta coming off a couple Cy Youngs didn't get a deal until early March with the Phillies. These guys are just not getting the money, and it's they're not getting the years. I don't know if owner, I don't know if agents need to come back down to earth a little bit and understand that this is the landscape in baseball. But you have legitimately ten teams right now, a third of the league, not trying. Actually, not I can't say not trying to win, trying not to win, blowing up their entire roster, saying that they're not even putting themselves in contention. For a guy like Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, who, you know, a couple years ago, just for the star power and marquee, you know, play alone would sign a guy like this. What do you take from it? Because this is this is crazy. So what do you think? Does there have to be a salary cap put in place, a hard cap, or does there have to be, like we said last week, a signing period? I don't think it's that, I don't think man. a signing period is really going to solve anything because those teams would still be out. I don't know if it's a hard cap or maybe a minimum cap where you have to spend a certain amount. I think that's what it has to be because you can't have – I think what was good for baseball was obviously the Cubs winning the World Series. You see small market teams pop up every couple of years that back in the 90s, early 2000s, even into the 2010s, never had a chance to win. Houston Astros have built a dynasty. You know, We've seen the Cubs be very, really good for a while now. Very, really yeah, good. I mean, you've seen the you've seen the Indians, you know. So this the, the Royals went on a three year period where they were the best team in the baseball. You now have ten teams that are trying to lose and are not spending money. That's a problem. You can't have that. Now I understand in basketball, you get one top tier great player and you're immediately better. If the Knicks land Kevin Durant, he's probably the difference between fifteen or twenty wins. Right In baseball, that's not the case. We see Mike Trout, who's the best player statistically maybe ever at this point in his career, you know be consistently is. on a bad team. That Angel team sucks. But you can't have teams trying to just completely blow it up. But they're going to look and they're going to say, listen, this is what all the te- we're trying to win down the road. This is what all those teams, the Astros, the Royals, the Cubs, the Indians, they sucked for a long time. And they've built themselves up making shrewd moves signing intelligent contracts for free agents, and then developing a nucleus of homegrown talent that's, you know, top tier. I mean, you see the San Diego Padres have like four of the top 10 prospects in their system, but they're going to be bad this year. The Braves did that. They went through a really rough period after winning all those division titles. I can go up and down the line. The, the history's there. The Marlins have done it a couple times. But if you have teams trying to the lose... The Marlins were at the forefront of it when they won in, what, 97? 97 and 03. And they blew the entire two, team two up, fire and sales. then they did it in 03. Yeah, so, but you didn't have the whole league doing it. And that's no. the thing. Now, if you're if you're a small market team and you don't want to hitch your wagon to Tampa a Bryce Bay. Harper, yeah, or a Manny Machado, that's fine. But, you know, good, solid play. Brian Dozier, getting no love. Marwin Gonzalez, absolutely nothing. I mean, last year we saw guys who were competent, good to average to you know above average How players waiting take, to spring training. I don't even think training. Moustakis went to spring training. Yeah, he Period. signed like super late. I mean, you know, Neil Walker signed like halfway through spring training. I mean, and he's a good player. So if those guys aren't getting deals, 
I mean, even even the shrewdest of GMs would look at a Neil Walker and say, I'd like him on my team, or Marwin Gonzalez and say, I'd like him on my team, or Brian Dozier. It's it's pretty crazy. So I don't know what the solution is, but you know, you've got players who they think there's collusion. You've got agents who either I don't think they're astronomical. I mean, no player is worth 13 years and 400 million dollars. We know that. But Manny Machado, if this was 2015, 2014, I don't care who doesn't need him. The Yankees would have signed him right now. You know, the Phillies have this stupid money. Now is it the players? Are they saying, listen? I know this deal is out there. I just don't know if I want to go there. Are they trying to drag it out? No, you I don't think, think it's the players. You would think that they like to sign somewhere. I don't think it's the players because that would be an outlier. It's all the players. All these players aren't saying the same exact thing. Now, I we, don't want to go here. You right. know what I mean? Like, now, but it I would be a one-time deal. The Manny Machado's like, I really hate Philly. I don't want to go there. I do think the, Harper. It's everybody. You went down the list, so I don't think it's that at all. Yeah, I do think there's some. You know, obviously, historically, you've seen. You need that breakthrough where the best player at the position sets the precedence, he signs, and then you see the avalanche. We might be waiting for that again, but these guys, if they're holding up the entire league, I mean, there's only like three teams rumored for each of them. I mean, you hear the Yankees, the Phillies, and White Sox for, for Machado, and you hear the White Sox, Phillies, and Nationals for Harper. There's, I mean, you don't hear anybody else. These are three teams that want the best players, arguably, of their generation. I mean, they're right up there with Trout. I mean, Trout's the best, and then you've got Harper and you've got Machado, and there's only three teams across the landscape of the league that actually want these guys. Don't forget, J.D. Martinez didn't sign until February last year. Yeah, He was the best hitting free agent on the market. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that article. I, I, I really don't know what to say. You're going to have to do some, some real digging. You're going to have to put your glasses and your, and your journalist cap on and get your ass to work. I'm looking forward CEO, to it. As CEO, I've just given you an assignment that you You're made up. You're not a CEO. As CEO of this company. Bullshit. I fully, and head editor, you I fully just support that. Oh my God. That. It was a genius idea by me for me to come up with this article. Expect to see it in two weeks. I'm giving you a deadline. Give me a break. So we but will talk to you. Where's the other one going up, Mr. CEO? Uh, well, the website is in work. <laughs> <laughs> but the stockholders are happy, the and our, our, we're trending important. upward. That's, that's all that matters. Well, that's absolutely important. Absolutely. We know that to be true. Of course. But we're fantastic. Yes, and thanks for listening, everybody. Sean has to get the hell out of here because we are eight minutes into the Alabama Crimson Tide game. Oh, yes. Um, go ahead and say it. Roll Tide. There it is. Um, roll Tide for me, too, because I got a little capital riding on him. We will be back on Wednesday. Big day for me. Big pass weekend for me. Yeah. Ate at Nobu for the first time. Pretty big deal. But aside from that, that's not the biggest deal. You're going to play We Are the Champions again? No. Okay. I'm acting like I've been here before, but folks, I was 5-0. and 5-0. and We will talk more about that on Wednesday. Everybody enjoy the game. Have a great night, guys. And have a good night.